Welcome to MuggleCast episode 287. It's our first show of the year. Micah, Eric, and I are here. Hey, guys. Hey. You know, we unfortunately have to start the show on a bit of a sad note. On January 14th, Alan Rickman, the actor who plays, who played Severus Snape in all eight Harry Potter movies, passed away. Uh-huh. It was a shock, was it not? Yeah. Uh, I woke up to the news, saw it on Twitter, and I was actually in denial. I just couldn't believe it. It was like, no, what? First of all, how old was he? Second of all, why? <laughs> and third of all, not so soon after David Bowie. But Yeah, that's that's really been the shock of it all, in addition to Alan Rickman's death. We've we've lost a lot of great prominent people. Um this month alone, the first it's, it's brutal actually, within the first few weeks of 2016 we we lost just so many but alan rickman definitely for harry potter fans for movie film fans those of us who got to see him live and really the outpouring of support we've seen after following after his death the stories about him you just feel like you know obviously it's very sad that he's gone but you learn so much about the man after their death through obits and through people who knew him even closer than we did and and it's just he was an amazing guy and and his loss is felt uh, worldwide. Yeah. I mean, keeping with the Harry Potter angle on this, we saw so many great tributes immediately from yes. Emma Watson, from Dan Radcliffe, from Sean Biggerstaff actually had Sean- one of the more touching yeah. tributes. Mm-hmm. What others stood out to you guys? Ivana. Ivana um, Lynch. Yeah, yeah, Ivana talked about uh, always avoiding him on set, as, as many did, because yeah. he was uh, intimidating or whatever, but uh, she was at a, a dinner with him a couple years later and was seated. It just so happened that their like play settings were next to each other. And she, she asked to like change seats because she was like still afraid of him a little bit. But he sat down and just basically asked her all about herself and listened and offered advice. And she just said, like, I never knew, you know, like he was just so for, for like for that whole evening, he, like his attention was for her and her alone. Yeah. That seems, that seems to be a common theme throughout many of the tributes to him that he would really take the time with these even even a new actor like Ivana or with Sean and to get to know them and to help them with their career um, right. and of course JK Rowling and uh, you know she sent out a statement on Twitter and also um, Emma Thompson who was yeah. apparently a very good friend of Alan's they and they worked together on many films including the Harry Potter movies and she just had a absolutely sweet tribute as well. So that was a <laughs> that was an emotional that, day. Yeah, that was a kick. Oh, emotional week. I mean, yeah. just seeing all of that come out in the fan. It's it's still sinking in. Um, yeah, I think to be yeah. honest, it's you just don't imagine these people who, in certain ways, they are immortal. Um, mm-hmm. But in other ways, you're just like, oh, they were, they were like all of us. They're going to die someday. <laughs> I know that's yeah. like really sad, but I mean, he's no longer here. We, the interesting thing is with big actors, they still have a couple of projects. You know, like there is a movie that's coming out with him in it, um, mm. upcoming in, in a couple months and stuff. We'll be able to see sort of his final performance. But I mean, really just all you can do is celebrate who he was. Uh, the films, I mean, I knew him long before Harry Potter and, and Die Hard. Um, grew up watching that movie a hundred times a week as a kid. And, um, it, you that know, is just, a lot. You all, you all have, uh, yeah, it was that and look who's talking. I just played on repeat all the time as a kid. <laughs> um, which they're two vastly different movies, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. just the, these roles that moved you, you know, we knew them as an actor. Of course they were real people. Um, but even his portrayal of Snape, uh, and, and the, knowing that that was something that JK Rowling like sought him out for it. Um, you know, as it just goes to show like what an impact he had. And I know he's impacted all of our lives. It's really sad to see him gone. Micah, yeah. how did it strike you? Uh, I, I think a lot of what has already been said and, and Andrew, you, uh, you touched on it. It was, it was a, just shock. I, I, I also found out on Twitter, I probably should have done a better job of checking my, my phone that morning, uh, as I was going to work on the train. And, you know, it was the same morning that the Oscars were announced. So yeah. when I went on, I thought <laughs> that's more drama <laughs> that perhaps he was trending because he was going to be honored in some capacity. I had no idea. 
And then I, of course, clicked on his name and, and saw, uh, first, I think it was, you know, the response or the tribute from Emma Thompson and, and just reading through. I was completely shocked, much like how I was shocked when I learned about Robin Williams. You know, these are actors and, and Eric, you, you use the word, they're somewhat immortalized in the roles that they play. And you just feel like you lose a part of yourself because, they have meant so much to what you have grown up with over the course of your life, at least where you are right now. And that's, that's how I felt. Um, you know, and, and it was great to see the reaction by those that worked with him, those that knew him, but also the fans. I, I think the way that the community res- responded was one of shock, but then also one of just deep appreciation for what he brought to them yeah. over the years that he portrayed this character. And he really portrayed this character uh, and, and gave him a level of personality that perhaps he didn't have in the books. And I think yeah. that's what made Snape such an endearing character on the screen. And yeah, part of that may be, yeah, part of that may be what J.K. Rowling told him. Um, but I just think a, a lot of that probably just had to do with how great uh, of an actor he was. Yeah, especially, yeah, so seeing his facial expressions on screen, knowing what we know now about Snape, I think mm-hmm. is really interesting to watch. That's a good point. What are um, the three I, of you doing inside on a day like this? <laughs> we, you, you mentioned obituaries. I was reading Alan Rickman's Wikipedia page after he died, and I was so moved by his relationship with his wife, Rima, I became interested because J.K. Rowling, in her tribute to Alan Rickman, specifically named, you know, my, my heart's out to Rima. Yeah. So it turns out that Rima and Alan were together for basically their entire lives. They met in 1965 when Alan was 19 and Rima was 18. He, she was his first girlfriend. Wow. They got married in 2012. So they were together for about 50 years, essentially together for his entire life. I just can't imagine what it would be like. First of all, they must have had an amazing relationship to be together so long. Yeah. Alan's first and only girlfriend, I I guess. To have that endure as well, especially in Hollywood. Yeah. And it's just beautiful that they got married. They, you know, they didn't, they didn't rush into marriage clearly. I mean, they, they only got married <laughs> four years ago. Yeah. Um, I just, I was just so moved by that. And that's what really like kind of upset me more than anything. I was just thinking about poor Rima after, you know, losing him after all these years. Yeah. No, for me, it's the tributes to people, uh, dropping off flowers at King's Cross. Oh, yeah. Um, all of the sort of public, um, yeah, mornings. well, at, at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Orlando, there is a tribute held. People put their wands up to Hogwarts Castle. And there's uh, pictures of it. I, I knew a friend of a friend uh, was there and took a picture, and we shared it on Hypeable, and it was a whole people. Were I can really just see, I it. can just see them hanging a portrait of Alan Rickman in like the <laughs> common room at the Wizarding World. Yeah, um, well, <laughs> it, it would be a fitting tribute, and and I think I also saw. That somebody, whether it was staff or or a fan, placed a lily at the door of Snape's potion room uh, mm-hmm. inside Hogwarts. Oh, yeah. come on! <laughs> so tug at your heartstrings. I mean, yeah, just release it, the flood of tears. It makes you think, and I'm I'm really sorry to say this, but it it makes you think. What's you know? How are we going to pay tribute when Jake Rowling dies? You know, I hope she's immortal, but I mean, I if think she's the not, world will just stop. I think we don't need need to bother going to work that morning. It'll just be the end of the world. Yeah, and and I am I'm pretty sure they plan on doing some sort of tribute uh, to Alan Rickman at the celebration that's coming up in I don't know if it's a couple days uh, down in Orlando that they do every yeah the Harry Potter celebration. There's an event. uh, MuggleNet's throwing another event. It's like a gathering where you raise your wand, just like just like Artie Andrew mentioned. They should. Um, you should tell them they should just burn down Hogwarts. I, I think just so burn too. It I down think it should, tribute. It's ready for it to become sort of just like a mob at this point. Yeah. Plus, um, there's another one opening here in Hollywood. It I'm wasn't sure. a joke, and Allen's really did. Oh yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll add value to the park in in California by burning down the one in Florida. That's a <laughs> right. It's a great business idea. <laughs> They'll thank us afterwards. Yeah. For you, so, Alan. So another story, kind of related to this. Um, we had always known that. 
J.K. Rowling had told Alan Rickman a secret about Snape. Yes. Uh, early on, while Alan started portraying Snape, so that he knew about Snape's Lily feelings towards Lily, and it came out that. Alan Rickman had received the secret from J.K. Rowling, and at premieres and whatnot, people would try to ask him, you know, what is the secret? What is the secret? And he refused to say, Emerson and I, when we interviewed him for MuggleNet on the Half-Blood Prince red carpet, we actually pressed him on this question because we had heard CNN ask, ask right before us, and we said, come on, we're fans, you know, you, you, we, the book's been out for a few years, you can, you can tell us what the secret was, and he didn't want to still, because he didn't want to spoil it for any kids who hadn't read the books yet, which I thought was sweet. So anyway, you know, it, it remained a secret up, up and through his death, and somebody asked J.K. Rowling on Twitter what that was, because it kind of become lore, and J.K. Rowling did reveal on Twitter she said, quote, I told Alan what lies behind the word always, obviously meaning Snape's love for Lily. Now, yeah, I love how she didn't just outright say, like, again, she's right. still kind of keeping off the spoiler. For, yeah. It yeah. makes you think, oh, Alan Rickman should have just told us that. <laughs> Gave us that answer. <laughs> yeah, but he like he like said he never would. Like, right. You know, obviously yes, exactly. That's the other thing. He also vowed to Joe. He made an unbreakable vow that he would never reveal it so uh, i thought it was sweet that she did reveal this some people said well didn't we already know this but i racked my brain and i really don't think we ever did because alan as we just said never revealed it and jk rowling never had any reason to reveal it it was just kind of assumed that this was the secret all along because you know obviously well, once we knew it, which was, I mean, 2007, so it was like right. six years after the, six or seven years after he found out about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, actually, it must have been even longer because that was what made him agree to play the role. That it wasn't just this one asshole character, villain character. Yeah, yeah, that there was something behind it. Not only that, but I mean, it, I, I guess it really is a big reveal that I don't even think has sunk in. For me, and I know it was, it's been like nine years, so I should just get over it. But like <laughs> the idea that the entire time Snape. Yeah. Like does what he does because he had this love for Harry's mom. Yeah. Um, so. so we have some thoughts from listeners. We asked on Facebook what you, you know, what was your favorite Snape scene? How do you feel about the passing of Alan Rickman? But first, I want to start with an email. This came in from a listener named Matt. He writes, I've been listening to you and the fellas and ladies on MuggleCast for years now and felt compelled to drop you a line and say how devastated I am about Alan Rickman passing away. I don't personally know you, Eric, Micah, and the rest of the wonderful MuggleCast folks, but I very much consider you all friends. Listening to you all on MuggleCast is like having a nice conversation about Harry Potter with my best friends, and I appreciate it so much. Alan Rickman made Snape a lovable character when he truly was quite opposite in canon. Such a shame to have lost an amazing actor. We are fortunate to have had him bring Snape to life on screen in such incredible fashion. So there are Matt's thoughts there and really reflecting, excuse me, what I think a lot of people were feeling. Like I said, on Facebook, facebook.com slash MuggleCast, we asked, what was your favorite Snape scene in the Harry Potter movies? Uh, Lucene writes, the opening moments of Deathly Hallows Part 2 as he stares down menacingly yeah. upon the <laughs> Hogwarts students and Lily's theme plays. A haunting way to start the final film with Rickman's face establishing firmly a tone of dread. So right. I still remember the first time watching that scene and just being moved by it, being like, oh, shite. Yeah, we're back <laughs> at Hogwarts and look who's here. And stuff is getting real. <laughs> yeah. Mary says... Uh, she quotes this scene. Umbridge, you applied for the Defense Against the Art Dark Arts post. Is that correct, <laughs> Snape? Yes. Umbridge, but you were unsuccessful. Snape, obviously. obviously. Ron Snickers, Snape whacks papers in his hand against Ron's head. I really love the deadpan way in which Alan Rickman delivered his lines in that scene, especially because of his iconic voice, Mary says. Mm-hmm. Eileen. Yeah, want to read that? Yeah, Eileen Jones says, I'm always moved by the scene they show in Snape's memories when he finds Lily dead in her house. I know people have issues with the scene because he ignores James and Harry, but Alan Rickman's acting was so good. 
you feel the devastation with him. Well, I mean, wasn't the point to... I actually never heard that argument before that he ignores James and Harry. I mean, obviously, the focus of that scene was Lily, which is why Lily... Why he's focused on Lily. I just... I lose. I lose it every time I see that. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to play that, by the way, at the end. That that whole scene from Deathly Hallows Part 2. Um, in tribute to Alan Rickman. Cindy writes, My favorite scenes were when he was dueling Lockhart in Chamber of Secrets and in Deathly Hallows Part 2 when he was battling Professor McGonagall. They both did an awesome job in that scene. You know, that was actually the... That, that, that first scene that Cindy mentioned was actually one of my favorite scenes as well. I loved that scene in Chamber of Secrets where Harry and Draco are dueling and Lockhart and Snape also <laughs> have that duel. Just the, just John Williams' score during that and uh-huh. the progression of it, how they walk, how they get in position. That song still runs through my head today. I know. But I mean, that's... It's, it's iconic. It, that character, again, like, I know there's, we're getting a lot of replies about Deathly Hallows Part 2, and that's fine. But, like, it was really those early movies where he had even more to do. Um, and he did it so well, you know, against, playing against those, all of those children. Um, he right. was a suitable villain. He wasn't too harsh. He wasn't too hateable. He also wasn't too lovable. I mean, I'm thinking even even the Aquamancy scenes, um, it's just Snape as a character messes them up so badly by letting his rage control him. But in the film, there was always that something more. There was yeah. always that extra level. And the other thing about, I read this somewhere too, him passing and, and him knowing that secret about Lily is that apparently he would refuse direction at some at certain points during the production. Because he produ- knew what was he knew. Really going on? He's like, well, J.K. Rowling told me this. Oh, that's funny. Okay. So guys, I'm smarter about Snape than you guys are. So yeah, just let like, me well, handle this. That just gets me so like am- amused because you remember that that thing about Dumbledore where J.K. Rowling had to tell him and her Clovis about Dumbledore before that was revealed that he was gay um, because there was a scene where they wrote like Dumbledore's trying to relate to Harry about oh, yeah. girls. And he's yeah. like, well, uh, you know, young girl and this, that, the other. And like, uh, actually, he's gay. So it's like, you know, again, with Snape, it's I wonder what scenes they would have had him write that contradicted enough for Alan Rickman to say something mm-hmm. like, oh, no, he's totally got more going on. So yeah. I, I don't know. You know, basically, Alan Rickman, his judgment on those matters and his honest, deep portrayal of that character uh, were exactly what was deserved of of us and like we were lucky to have had him i think absolutely yeah uh no question uh another uh eileen or maybe it's aelin i don't know i apologize in advance but uh she says when he tries to shut ron and harry up in study hall just looks like the cast had fun making that scene. <laughs> yeah. I assume she's talking about Goblet of Fire when he throws their heads into their books. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's that behind the scenes picture of, of Alan Rickman with um, Dan and Rupert and the director, Mike Newell. And I think Alan Rickman's laughing on the yeah. scene. That's, that's, that's like such a winning laugh right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she went on to say, it's as if you see a bit of Alan Rickman, not just Professor Snape. Mm, yeah well i think that's all we have to say about mr rickman except that we'll miss you sir and it was a pleasure to have known you absolutely yeah uh if i could just add one more thing there was uh, among many tributes that uh you know some of which we've discussed there was one that i thought that was uh really well done by the new yorker and it was a photo uh, or actually a cartoon, a sketch of uh, Bruce Willis slash John McClane sitting in a bar with Dan Radcliffe slash Harry Potter. Oh, I've seen this. Cheer- cheering uh, to the life of Alan Rickman under the caption, here's to the best damn antagonist a guy could ask for. So Agreed. I think that that really sums it up well. Just, you know, and he had other roles, but I think he was clearly best known uh at least amongst our generation certainly for playing snape and then for his role as hans yeah uh, the villain i watched um i watched dogma. die hard 
afterwards, which I, I loved him and I saw that this week and I'll, I will be watching Galaxy Quest. He just did so many things. And Mikey, you saw him on Broadway, right? He was in Seminar with Jerry yeah. O'Connell. Uh, he was amazing in that. He played an old writing teacher who is, of course, a little bit cynical, but had a big heart and he was perfect. And it was just, it was really engrossing. Like he was just a man who, this might be running long, but was just so generous to everybody. And, uh, yeah, you just don't get. Yeah, certainly afterwards. Yeah, too. Uh, was very willing to interact with those that, uh, you know, as is custom for Broadway shows, uh, wait outside, uh, for the actors to leave. And, uh, he was always, from what I understand, uh, very giving of his time. And he was, one night, uh, I don't know if it was the same night that we had seen him, but, uh, you know, uh, leaving the, the theater and was just, you know, very happy, smiling, interacting with everybody. And, and just, uh, that's definitely a memory that I'll take away. Um, you know, but having been, you know, uh, just standing a few feet away from him. Yeah. We waited at stage doors before and the actors won't come out, <laughs> but he did. Mm. Yeah. So, props to you, sir. All right, well, R.I.P. Alan Rickman. Um, we're going to shift gears now. We have some news to talk about today, including some very interesting Cursed Child news that broke last mm-hmm. month after our December episode. Uh, but first, we're going to jazz things up a bit with a couple games, one old and one new. That's right, Andrew. Uh, we tweeted and Facebooked a little bit back. Uh, that we would be reviving one of our fan-favorite old segments of the show uh, tonight or at next recording. And so it is without further ado uh, that we announce, um, make the connection. <laughs> it's, it's, it's back. Make oh, the is Jamie here? Is it, isn't he like the ringleader Jamie, of this? Jamie is not here this week, but he uh, after the last episode he was on, he expressed a lot of interest in coming on. So I'm uh, coming on again. So I'm sure he'll... He'll want to come back soon, especially when we start up more episodes a month. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, to replace temporarily, of course, not permanently, to temporarily replace the whimsy, the wit, the randomness of it all that lives on a daily basis inside the mind of Jamie Lawrence. We've just reached out to our listeners and asked for submissions from them. Uh, so the responses that we got, uh, are are extremely enjoyable and we're just going to pick from them uh on both Facebook and Twitter right now to see if the if we're rusty I'm sure but to see if we can do anywhere near as good as we used to. So the challenge is make the connection between Harry Potter and so and so. Uh who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Oh, I'm scared. Okay. <laughs> this <laughs> This one comes from Amy. This should be easy. Uh, Andrew, make the connection between Harry Potter and an empty fish tank. Oh, my gosh. An empty fish tank. Well, it, um, an empty fish tank. I used to have fish, and they smelled bad. So when a fish tank is emptied, that probably smells bad as well, assuming fish were once occupying it. So I'm going to say... Umbridge's office because she has those cats on the plates and presumably she would like to have a real cat in her office maybe and cats do not smell good in my opinion and assuming that they poop like they do in real life uh, in the wizarding world uh, her office probably smells like animal so that's my connection all right. <laughs> there are the, the other thing about this game. I'll remind our listeners: there are no wrong answers. All no. we have to do is attempt it, and we've won the game. It's. I think we probably. It's probably true with all of our old MuggleCast segments. Everybody wins. Well, I'll just <laughs> say, oh, that was good, Andrew. Very, very good. Yeah, that was I, very. Uh, I don't think Jamie would like that. My answer. <laughs> oh, he would be like, oh, that's 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 not good, Andrew. You, oh, my, so, I was. Rusty. I was, was going to try to think of like something during that underwater tour, part of the tour, the Goblet of Fire tournament, but could have talked about Slughorn too in his story in uh, Half Blood Prince about Lily, the fish. 
Oh God, movieism. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, Micah, you're you're up, buddy. No movieisms. Um, I have one from Rico Ortega on Twitter, uh, who says, "Make the connection between Harry Potter and you're gonna love this, the WWE Royal Rumble match." Let's get ready to rumble. rumble. Uh, well, uh, I I would compare it very much to the I guess the Triwizard Tournament. Uh, it's not exactly the same, you know. In the Royal Rumble, the the idea is that you have to be the last man standing, but the way that you get to that point is by throwing your opponents out of the ring. But I guess maybe through the tasks you could make that analogy, right? Uh, especially the last task where. Uh, Harry should have been the last man standing, but of course his pride got in the way and absolutely his humbleness and him and Cedric uh, end up being co-champions. But uh, yeah, I would say that there's, there's a close uh, comparison there. I was going to say, getting back to our conversation about Alan Rickman, um, that scene in Chamber of Secrets where they're getting ready to do that duel and they put their wands up and that has the same anticipation of uh, the beginning of like a WWE match, I I would say. I would agree with that. Um, but Micah's answer was also adequate. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I don't okay. even know what the Royal Rumble match is, so Eric, I had to ask. I I, I'm picking one for you. This is from okay. Jennifer. This is really random, and I think you'll do good at it. Breaking oh, the speed of light while surfing. Wait, wait, wait! You gotta say, you gotta say, make the make connection. The ne- make the connection between Harry Potter and breaking the speed of light while surfing on a turtle shell in the Swan Nebula. <laughs> now, for anyone who doesn't know, the Swan Nebula appears to be some sort of galaxy. I I don't know what the Swan Nebula on a turtle shell. That sounds like you're Mario. Like your Super Mario and breaking the speed of light. All right, I'm gonna go with uh, as fun as it would be to really be able to break the speed of light while surfing on a turtle shell in the Swan Nebula. I have to assume it would be equally, if not more, uh, amusing and enjoyable to ride for the first time a brand new Firebolt broomstick. I was gonna have the same answer because, like, if you're Harry, a young boy. And or even going back to the first movie, just getting on a broomstick for the first time and being able to fly would probably feel equivalent to traveling at the speed of light. I mean, and he's got, you know, the, the he moves from the training broom to the Nimbus 2000 and the Nimbus 2000 is great and he gets used to it and it's fast. But then he gets the firebolt. There's no comparison. It's like that's even like 10 times faster than the broom he was previously riding. So. I, I definitely think of broomsticks. I think that's uh, not misplaced. And as always, there are no wrong answers. So <laughs> that's how we make the connection. <laughs> make the connection between, this is, can be a group one, okay. Harry Potter and Donald Trump. Hmm. It, it'd have to be somebody crazy. This is dangerous territory. Uh, <laughs> Let's just let, oh, oh, um, who do we know in the Harry Potter, uh, series that has a, a hairpiece? <laughs> I don't, does Donald Trump wear a hairpiece? I don't even know. Mm, well, uh, we don't know what that is on top of his head. But. How, how about, how about comparing him, connecting him to Cornelius Fudge? Yeah. You the could. Former minister of magic because Fudge was in denial about Voldemort being back, right? Sort of like yes. Trump is probably in denial about a few things like, uh, having a shot at the GOP nomination? Possibly. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? That feels increasingly realistic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, uh, there, there's parts of umbrage in him too. Why? Well, and I think I mean he's ambitious. He's a politician. He's got a very nice building in Chicago. Um, <laughs> not to mention his decades of experience in the real world business, but. I, I'd say I'd say I'm thinking of Fudge. I'm, we don't know many businessmen who are who are wizards who have a lot of holdings or, or earnings or anything like that. So maybe we'll learn about them in Fantastic Beasts and where to. Buy I think them. so. I think there'll probably be a, a an entrepreneurial <laughs> um, wizard at some point in yeah. J.K. Rowling's new movie trilogy. So yeah, lots of real estate. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get back to you on that one. Uh, whoever sent that in. 
Uh, uh, that was Hayden. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. Uh, yeah, we'll get back to you, Hayden. All right. Uh, is that it? I think that's it. Actually, I was surprised that nobody replied on Facebook. So <laughs> shame on you, listeners. Uh, go, go reply. It's not too late. We'll do them. We'll use them next time. All right. Well, those are always fun. And I, I'm sure we'll play that again in the, in the future. Now, Eric, you came up with the other game, another game for us this week as well. Yes. Uh, we got a lot of feedback to bring back fun segments and to not forget to do them on our episodes. And certainly, you know, we're all still very sad about the passing of Alan Rickman. So I came up with a game called Expelliarmus. With Are we going the to words- duel? Uh, no, that's the dueling club segment, which is gone, but not forgotten. Well, how are you, how are you spelling Expelliarmus? Oh, I see, I see. So yes, the, uh, the title of this segment includes the word spell, S-P-E-L-L, because this segment is primarily a spelling challenge. We are going to take incantations from the Harry Potter series and try to spell them Without messing it up. <laughs> so Okay. Who wants to go first? I'll go yes. first. Oh, you go All right, first Andrew. All right. Yeah. All right. So your challenge for Expelliarmus is the revealing charm, whose incantation is are you ready? <laughs> Apparisium. Uh can you use that in a sentence, please? No. Um I cast Apparisium and Something was revealed. <laughs> Apple, wait, say it again slowly. Aparicium. Oh man, this is A P. Am I on the right track? I think you are. App A R. Uh huh. Really? Yeah, we Ap-a-ri- can encourage people on during the middle of the. I U S M. Ah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Micah, you double your points if you jump in. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I know at least the first couple of letters he got right. Mm-hmm. Oh, Hoping my memory serves me uh, well. So, A-P-A-R-E-C-I-U-M. Ding, 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 ding. E-C. Oh, man. E-C. It's tough. It's Latin. Um, kind of reminds me of Paramecium, which is a single one-celled critter with no brain that can't fly. Damn you, Latin. All right, it's <sighs> Micah's turn to be challenged. All right. Uh, Micah, you know, why do I have a feeling that this page I'm on only has A spells? Is this? <laughs> <laughs> you, you can page through to other, uh... Where? How? Oh my god, the tabs. Okay, I have no I idea. See. I haven't clicked the link. So okay, I, well, when it's time to challenge me, just click on the link I put in the show notes. Yeah, okay, your <laughs> your word is the wand extinguishing charm, also known as Nox. Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Eric, go to hell. I'm not even Sorry. playing the Jeopardy song for that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are we, are we gonna do another one or is this? Yeah, we'll pick a different one. We'll pick. I just, I for the sake of time. Um, uh what's a good one? Okay, all right. Here we go. This, this, it's, it's, um, it's questionable whether or not this is an actual spell. So here's one of a varying difficulty, more comparable to what Andrew had. Your word, your spell on Expelliarmus, Micah, is pesky pixie pesteronomy. <laughs> Oh, all right. And to add to the challenge, you have 30 seconds, because that's how long the Jeopardy song is. <laughs> so, say it again. Pesky pis- Pixie? Pes- uh, pesky Pixie Pester Nomi. All right. Pesky P-E-S-K-Y Pixie P-I-X-I-E And what's the last word? Pester Nomi. P-E-S-T-E-R-N-O-M-I. You actually got the second word correct. The first word was all I's instead of Y's. Oh, oh okay. Micah, you're an idiot. Everybody And that. the last word was what? Completely wrong? <laughs> no, the last word was correct. You got it. You got pesternomy, fine. Um, and but pixie? I guess pes- pesky pixie. It's actually so because it's a spell, it's not the word pixie, it's P-I-K-S-I. 
So the full was P-E-S-K-I-P-I-K-S-I, Pesternomi. Got it. Okay. All right. All right. We're learning here. I have one for you, Eric. This was uh, a spell to make light. Lumos. No, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) This one was suggested in 1997 by Arthur Weasley to Ron as the best way to clear up the rain jinx on a ministry office. It is... (laughs) <laughs> Meteolojinx recanto. Meteolojinx recanto. Huh. <laughs> Meteolojinx recanto? Right. I'll give you a hint. Two words. Okay. Uh, fortunately, I don't think I have to say space when I'm spelling. No. But, uh, <laughs> M-E-T-E-O-L-O... J I N X R E C A N T O. That's right. <sighs> Good job. That one two was a little years, stressful because it's long. Two years of Latin. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you would have gotten that one, Micah? No, not a chance. Really? Oh, okay. Good. All right. This segment could use some polish, perhaps, but I think we've just had succeeded in having a lot of fun. I think it's fun. Yeah. That was, for listeners out there, Expelliarmus. Well, we got to keep it around for the name alone. I mean, you can't not do that segment when the I'm name works like so well. I'm glad you like the you, name. You need a buzzer when somebody's wrong to just... I know. As soon as you they say the wrong letter, just hit around. it. I don't have the easy button. Oh, yeah, that would be pretty funny, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I we can get that ready for the next time we play. Okay. <laughs> so today we're excited to announce that we are launching a Patreon for MuggleCast. You know, guys, we've been around a while. Uh, MuggleCast has, <laughs> I know. <laughs> for a long time, been the premier Harry Potter podcast on the web, discussing a range of topics like news, literary discussion, and diving deep into the fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh, these last 10 years have really been the best of our lives with everything that has gone on with respect to the Harry Potter community. And, of course, MuggleCast has been a huge part of that. Sure has. Uh, as everyone does know who listens to the show, we took a little hiatus uh, at one point, a couple years ago, but then we came back uh, over a year ago with regular broadcasts. And as we've discussed a bunch of times now, the Harry Potter fandom is heating up again, and it's it's getting hotter every day. We really came back at the perfect time about a year ago, I guess it would say, as yeah. I would say, because as soon as we came back, so to speak, uh, we had tons of great news to talk about, and we've had such a blast over the past year. So this is all where supporting us on Patreon comes in. Patreon is like a Kickstarter, but for podcasters. By supporting us on a monthly basis for a small cost, it'll make it possible for the host to spend less time in the muggle world and more time in the wizarding world. And our Patreon is really simple. Even Dudley would understand how it works. (laughs) You can pledge $2 a month or $5 a month. And based on the milestones that we've created, we'll be able to produce and release the show either twice a month or four times a month, which, based on my calculations, I'm not that good at math, means weekly episodes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Back does. to the old days. <laughs> also, we've created a bunch of rewards to thank you for supporting us on Patreon. For example, those who pledge $2 will be adding you to our thank you page, and we'll give you early access to our show notes each episode. Uh, plus, and most importantly, you will be helping us get closer to releasing more episodes of MuggleCast monthly. I know we said that before, but it bears repeating. And then for $5 a month, you will get the $2 benefits in addition to a printed version of our album art signed by the three of us, which has never happened before. A t-shirt. Hmm. That's curious. Hmm. And also the ability to suggest topics for special segments, to interact with us in new and exciting ways. Uh, and did we mention bonus MuggleCast? Yeah, so bonus MuggleCast, which what we're calling for now, it's it's not the additional episodes we're doing every month. Uh, what we mean by bonus MuggleCast is that two times a month we'll be releasing bonus segments featuring more news, more fandom, and more fun. Mm-hmm. And in addition, we'll be releasing chapter readings where we'll be taking turns reading chapters from the books and releasing them on Patreon, which which I'm actually really looking forward to doing because I've always wanted to be Jim Dale. So this is like the <laughs> perfect opportunity. This is great, yeah. And of course, uh, there's the benefit that's bigger than all the others, right? More episodes 
each and every month, which means no theory is going to be safe again. Mm-mm. Even fewer series will, uh, theories will be safe. <laughs> uh, so uh, for those of you who are curious and interested and want to know more, uh, our special tiers and stretch goals are all listed on the side of the webpage, which is located at patreon.com slash mugglecast and all of these were designed after receiving ideas and feedback from you our listeners uh thank you to all who completed that survey yeah uh pledges will enable us to increase production value and frequency of our podcast and also just in general ensures a really strong future for the show uh we i know i speak for all of us when i say we really anticipate many years of magic to come yeah and this year in particular we're really gonna grow the show we're gonna have more guest hosts on i think we're gonna dive more into fandom just the different aspects of fandom we have a lot of stuff planned because this is easily one of the most exciting years for harry potter fans in in, in a while yeah. so get ready because because MuggleCast is back and we're so excited to dive deep into the wizarding world once again so visit patreon.com slash mugglecast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash mugglecast. And you can learn more information and pledge. And if you do pledge, you will immediately have access to a piece of bonus content. That Yay. bonus mugglecast. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So moving on to some other news now. Valentine's Day is upon us. I know, um, Micah, you've already set your plans with Jamie, but... I actually have a greater plan for you two this Valentine's Day. Uh, you and your loved one can have Valentine's Day dinner in Hogwarts's Great Hall in, in Leavesden Studios. So you guys may remember, I'm not sure if we spoke about this on MuggleCast. Uh, they did a, they let you have Christmas dinner in the Great Hall just last month, actually. And it was a huge success. They went viral because everybody's like, oh my gosh, Christmas dinner in the Great Hall. I, I can be like, basically in the movies you know they kept that great hall set up uh for the studio tour and so it was a big success so they're doing it again this time for valentine's day on saturday february 13th and sunday february 14th it's a little pricey though it's 360 dollars per person (laughs) dollars not pounds dollars but can you really put a price on the perfect date night that's what i'm asking (laughs) I don't think you can. It's I, it's a pretty know. cool night. They you you sit at an individual table, so you don't have to share a table. It's decorated with flowers and candles. You and your partner will enjoy a delicious three course dinner, including a starter, main course, and an assiette, whatever that is, of desserts to share. I'm huh. assuming that's like a platter. Right. You'll then be given exclusive after hours access to the studio tour with the chance to see sets. And by the way, even before you get into the great hall. You're greeted with welcome drinks and uh, canapes. <laughs> Clearly, I don't know British words. Yeah, small, eh, small, yeah, small hors d'oeuvres. Appetizers, hors d'oeuvres type okay. stuff, yeah. Including a special love potion cocktail. I mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> Coolest okay. date ever. All right. All right, sold. When you when they start giving out love potions and then you go and have dinner at the Great Hall. Yeah. I mean, I can't, this would just be the, I cannot imagine what it'd be like to have dinner in the Great Hall, especially for Valentine's Day. Or it's no. cool that they're doing uh, themed holidays or yeah. themed events based on holidays and other things. That's uh, smart marketing. But they like, realize what they have here, which is yeah. people's childhood. <laughs> On the other hand, though, I'm not sure if J.K. Rowling is in love with this idea because she's all about making making things accessible to everybody. And this (laughs) seems this seems highbrow at this price. Now, I understand that they can get away with pricing at this high because they the Great Hall. They own it. Well, they own it. And it's not that big. So tickets would sell out in a heartbeat if this was like the the cost of going to McDonald's. But yeah. um, I, I I don't love how high these prices are. I think it's a little little yeah. unfair. It is. So what is uh, it in pounds? Is it like 150 pounds? No, 247 pounds per person. Per person? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a lot. I mean, I guess it's probably one of these things that J.K. Rowling has come to accept as inevitable. I mean, I think we have to as well, right? That you said it. They own this and they're going to try and make money out of it any way they can. Right. Well, they know, they know they'll be able to find, let's say, 50 couples who will pay this much. 
Right. That that won't be hard. No. No, I mean, uh, heck, if I lived anywhere near Leavesden, for me it would be an extra thousand dollars plus the three hundred. So I, I won't be going. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, even if you don't have much money, it'd be hard to resist. Like if you if you did live near Leavesden, like you said, so you don't have to pay yeah. for travel. I mean, if you wanted, so when you do Valentine's Day weekend, when you do a Valentine's weekend with your loved one, you spend a little money. I mean, I know I've, I've spent money on like a, like a weekend getaway and it's probably run up to $360. It's like a a themed dinner as well with like a starter and all this kind of plants. Plus you're in Hogwarts. So for the, the couple that is also both, like if they're both Harry Potter fans. Right. Better yet still, better yet still, if you're not a Harry Potter fan and like your girlfriend or boyfriend, like are Harry Potter fans and you want to really surprise them and impress them. And maybe like, maybe that's the weekend you decide to give Harry a shot, you know, like I want to, I want to hear if any of our listeners give Harry a shot, you know, like not like physically. Yeah. For love, like to read the books and get into it. it. Yeah. If you weren't interested in it, uh, previously, like if you, if you didn't know anything about it. And Andrew, you said you get, you get, after hours access on Valentine's Day. I mean, that just sounds like a recipe for <laughs> bad things to happen. Micah, the Micah. room of requirement set is open. <laughs> ah. I don't know. You what can Micah's have you can have twenty minutes alone in Honestly, not the Slytherin to- <laughs> dungeons. <laughs> for those of you who love S and M, I was. I can't believe where this conversation has turned. When I was just going to say that um, if I did live in the area, it wouldn't even matter if I was single. I'm not single currently, but if I was single, I would take my mom. You guys are talking about S and M, so I don't. Whoa, whoa, Eric. <laughs> yeah, I was. I would. What immediately? What I wrote on Facebook was I was thinking of this from the perspective of if let's say you don't care about Harry Potter, but your loved one does. Mm-hmm. If you surprise them with this date, I'm telling you, you would get laid that Valentine's Day. Sorry to be crude, but it's true. Yeah, maybe in the Great Hall <laughs> <laughs> with people surrounding you beneath beneath the tables. I assume, like, so I guess the long tables are just going to be gone, which is a shame because I wouldn't mind eating. I mean, I guess for for Christmas it's one thing, and for Valentine's it's a little bit more. Uh, personal. Yeah, for so. Valentine's Day, I I don't think I'd yeah, want to be in like, eat a at the long tables. Setting. Yeah. But yeah, very cool. I'm sure they're going to do this more in the future because it's obviously been very successful for them so far. So They just need a 365 days out of the year, eat inside the Great Hall at like a Hogwarts hotel. That's what they really need in yeah. the world. That's what this world needs. Yeah. I mean, I'm really shocked that the, that we don't have a Great Hall at the theme parks yet. That seems like, that seems like something you would expect to sure. exist. Do you know, is, is Hollywood going to have one? No. Okay. No. I mean, unless they're about to really surprise us, but I, I don't think so. Yeah. So one of the big news items that happened in December after we recorded our final Huge. episode of 2015 was we found out who the three actors who are going to play Harry, Ron, and Hermione in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which begins performing in June on London's West End. And uh, the three actors are Paul Thornley. He's playing Ron Weasley. Jamie Parker. He's playing Harry Potter. And then Noma Dumezweni. Dumezweni. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Is going to play Hermione. Now, Noma is a person of color. And, of course, this shocked the fandom because, oh my gosh, black Hermione. We've had white Hermione in the movies. And... As far as many people assumed, White Hermione in the books as well. So, mm-hmm. fandom lost their minds. I, I still can't tell if there were people who were... Like, how how many people were genuinely upset? Because there were people who were upset. But it's just hard to tell amongst all the noise. Was it just that the people who were upset were being louder than the people who approved? I think that's what happened. Because I'd like to believe that we're gen generally a very accepting group of people right. in this fandom, <laughs> generally. But I mean, I I think it is a good question because ultimately, the number of people who came out in defense of this, and notably J.K. Rowling um, herself, addressed it, and so it, apparently the, the people were loud enough uh, to get that kind of response. Um, but of, but of course, as as is with any crisis or imagined crisis in the in the fandom jk rowling is able to address it and win it 
and shut it down completely. Yeah. So she tweeted. So somebody asked her, what do you think of it? J.K. Rowling responded, canon. Brown eyes, frizzy hair, and very clever. White skin was never specified. Rowling loves black Hermione kissy face emoji. Uh-huh. <laughs> so people uh-huh. were very excited by that tweet. Got 76,000 retweets. And she's right. And this is actually something that's been examined before. There's a great article on BuzzFeed about the fact that Hermione's skin color was never referenced in the Harry Potter books. Uh, mm. Some people debate certain little lines, but um, as Rowling seems to confirm here, she never said whether Hermione was white and black, were white or black. And 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 I don't I don't compare this with a a large like reveal like to equate with Dumbledore's gay. Hermione's black. She's been black. Oh all no, along. no, 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 no. But I, I but I, I I understand where you're coming from. But it's like I don't think this is a big reveal. What <laughs> she's saying, news, Hermione is black. <laughs> yeah. Oh, big news. Like it's just I I think what she's saying is people need to really loosen hair, like uh, skirts a little bit over this because I. Go on, somebody else go. No, to me, this is this whole story is just such a non-issue, right? We, yeah, and, and maybe, uh, I mean, my perspective is probably far more liberal than than maybe others who had issue with this. But, I, but my thing is, I don't, I don't understand the issue, right? This is a this is a play. This is, uh, you know, a, a production where people get cast and. It should be completely irrelevant what the color of their skin is that that, that play the role. Like it's just, it, especially in, in 2016. Like, can we? That's I had more of a problem with the fact that that I saw these articles making such a huge deal about it, and and I right. understand that. Mm-hmm. But to me, it just it's like okay, th- this this woman was cast. She's going to play the role. I'm sure she'll do a great job. Uh, yeah. Let, let's move on. Like, uh, that's the way, just my feeling. J.K. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, yes, uh, of course we agree with you. Um, J.K. Rowling also added that Noma was her personal first choice for the role of Hermione. So and there were auditions, and hmm? that, and that's great. Noma is a 2006 winner of the Olivier Award, which is the highest honor in British theater. Essentially, she is. A better actor, a better actress than anyone else we're like to see, yeah. uh, on, on stage. Um, if, if we're, you know, just as Harry Potter fans, I, I think that her accomplishments speak for themselves. The very interesting thing that I think that I was thinking when I was actually just in general about this casting announcement was touched on by Ivana Lynch, uh, who tweeted, uh, to be honest, new Hermione is black. Harry looks like Ron. Uh, and she said, when I was cast, people complained about my hair and it's people's heart, not their looks that matter. But actually Harry looking like Ron is, is, was my big issue was, I when, totally when, agree with that. You do. Okay. Yeah. Look at, Cause if you look at them side by side and it's like, this is, and that was the announcement, right? These are the three leads of the cursed child, the guy who's, who's listed as, as playing Harry, uh, which is Jamie Parker. And the guy who's cast as Ron Paul Thornley actually look a lot like their other characters. See, but what are we what are we going off of? Are we going off of the films? Are we going off of Dan and Rupert? Because actually, if, if if so, that's that's that way. But also, Jamie Parker does seem to have more brownish or auburny hair. Well, so you just think of him as being Weasley. Paul, right? That's that's why I see him as Ron. But I also see Paul Thornley as Ron, who is actually playing Ron. Like he 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 kind of seems tall, kind of lanky. He just kind of reminds me of Ron, whereas I do like, agree with you that Jamie Parker, he looks kind of looks like a redhead to me. <laughs> Maybe it's the yeah, lighting, I don't know. You know. can just see it easier. Maybe it's the lighting. That's like the thing. It's it's just it's so this film. I think this is what what makes me more comforted about this play is that it is striving to be a different. You know, it's 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 mm-hmm. it's it's actually setting itself apart and by casting actors based on merit and not uh you know book descriptions or movie descriptions rather public expectation is not how you should cast a play yeah. um ever no matter you what. Know what once the glasses go on paul thornley or sorry jamie parker <laughs> everything's gonna be fine and i'm gonna they, say i'm actually taking photoshop right now and i'm, I'm putting yeah. and i mean <laughs> i guess the other question is 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 noma gonna wear a wig 
Yeah, I don't know. Because, you know, the boy, oh, didn't, um, yeah, J.K. Rowling said the frizzy hair. I don't, I don't know. Well, I'm uh, just interested in where these characters are at in their lives. You know, Harry's, I guess in from the plot, we know Harry's kind of struggling to father his son, um, you know, and kind of keep away the, the, the darkness and the fame and all that stuff. But I want to see the interaction specifically between Ron and Hermione, especially because that, uh, relationship was called into question, uh, in that article. Um, right. Emma Watson interviewing JK Rowling. Yeah. Dreaded. Was it uh, Wonderland or what was it called? The name but, of the publication? Yeah, the Wonderland magazine. Yeah. That was Wonderland magazine. Right. Yeah. And, and that expressed, it was just JK Rowling said that yeah. Ron and Hermione would have needed counseling or something if they were to keep their relationship going. And I'm just thinking, Oh my God. But now we have this opportunity to, she has an opportunity to really follow up on that. Um, yeah. not that she's writing the play, but like, I really want to see, some conflict between Ron and Hermione, even if they are peripheral characters in The Cursed Child, except with a two-part play, there's probably no peripheral characters. Yeah. Because you have plenty of time to uh, One, one thing that may suggest what kind of answers we're going to be get, getting is when additional actors are announced. So far, we only know that these three are um, have been cast, and... I, I it makes sense because they obviously want to build this play around the trio. But you know, you also have to wonder how much time is Hermione actually going to have on stage and Ron. I mean, this is Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. This follows Harry Potter and his son. <laughs> so how how involved are Hermione going to be exactly? We it may well, not be much. I do want to know who they cast as Ginny because I'm looking forward to that relationship <laughs> above all else uh, yeah. being made more realistic. Jenny better be a redhead. That's all yeah. I have to say. No, I don't. Well, maybe. Well, yeah, because the Weasleys have red hair, and that's in the books. But I don't know. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. This, but this was there was a lot of you know uproar or controversy, or people were certainly talking about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And yeah, yeah, you know, I, they were. I but you mentioned it earlier, Eric. Though you, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's it's different. It's not the norm as we know it uh, from reading the books. So anytime you depart from that and create change. People don't like change, and and that's exactly what we saw uh, in the reactions that certain individuals had. Yeah, it, it was pretty, uh, pretty embarrassing to complain. All I about will say this. is this: okay, if you look around, we mentioned a certain presidential candidate earlier in this episode, and you see some of the things that are being said about different types of people in this country. I'm not surprised that we saw still in this day and age the reaction that we saw to Hermione being cast. Um, it's 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 unfortunate, but it's the way that it, it's the way that things are. Well, it's funny you mention that because I'm just reading a tweet here from Donald Trump. He just announced he's vowing to make Hermione white again if he's elected president. Okay, well, I think that's really amazing. But he's also like partially banned from the UK, so I don't think they can. <laughs> They're working on that, but that's that a happen. good they, point. They were working on it. They t- they talked for hours about it the other day on the floor. I was reading, um, uh, but they don't actually have the power to make it happen. <laughs> um, so I think that's all to say about that. But we did an article on Hypeable. I wanted to plug seventy questions Harry Potter and the Cursed Child needs to answer because you know this Hermione thing aside. Like we've been saying here, there's a ton of stuff this play could potentially answer. That's one of the reasons why I think we were all so excited to hear that this was actually going to be a sequel, as J.K. Rowling kept telling us, (laughs) and uh, very few people believed. It'll be great to get a bunch of answers, and that's why I'm excited to go to one of the first shows so I can spoil it for everybody. (laughs) If you want to be spoiled, of course. Oh yeah, number forty nine out of these uh, seventy questions does uh, are Ron and Hermione still together? Mm-hmm. I want to know. Yeah, I would uh, just copy these all and start tweeting them. Do, at you, JK do you guys have any? That's what that'd be. How about the final seventy days in that countdown? We'll just like start <laughs> pestering her with one yeah. per day. One one a day. By the way, Micah, didn't you vow to start tweeting at J.K. Rowling about something? On the last episode? I can't remember what it was, though. Yeah, no, I, I did tweet out her uh, either during the show or, or or not too long after the show. I forget what, exactly though? what it was about. Oh. Uh, well, you better get back on that. You said you were going to bother her more. And I haven't seen any tweets from you at her, so. 
I'll okay. come up with something right now and I'll ask her. Well, I think we decided she's probably something. asleep though. Yeah. All right. Well, listen back to the other episode and <laughs> start working on that. So I think that's all we have for this week. Don't forget, we have launched our new Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash mugglecast to help support us. We're really excited about what we're doing, as we said earlier. And right now, there is bonus content there waiting for you. And uh, the first 687 people who sign up are going to get signed album art. And we really appreciate your support. And we'll have more news about this in the near future because once we hit those milestones, we're going to start doing more episodes. So I hope you guys are ready. Hosts and listeners. (laughs) More, more, uh, that many more versions of Expelliarmus. Yeah. And we're going to start recording on the weekends again. So the sun will be out when we record this, ah, and we'll have more hosts on because the, our co-hosts will be more available since it's not during the week. So lots of good yeah. things to come. Really exciting. And uh, I actually found what I tweeted at J.K. Rowling. It was about the encyclopedia. Oh, that's it. Yeah, you got to start bothering her about that. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do happen. another one. Okay. This was on December 16th. We're now well into January. I think it's yeah. time to uh, follow up. We should Once make a, a, a new Patreon milestone where if if we hit it, you have to fly to London and stand with a sign in front of the Palace Theater that says, we demand the encyclopedia. Every day, every Cursed Child performance, you have to be out there protesting. What do you say? Okay. <laughs> okay. I think I would do that if the price is right, but okay. I'll do it just for the Instagram photo. Honestly, our Patreon supports the show and supports us to make the show possible and make it continue to happen. So we appreciate any and all of our patrons. And there's plenty of uh, explanation, plenty of material over on our Patreon.com slash MuggleCast. Yeah, and we're, we'll be happy to... Events. Sorry, we'll be happy to continue hearing feedback about it. Feel free to email us, MuggleCast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. We're... We're on both all the time. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll, I'll say we'll see you soon for our next episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Andrew. Oh, don't bring that up again. <laughs> I'm Eric. Yeah. And I'm Micah. See everybody next time for episode 289. I don't know where I just pulled that other number from. Let me try that again. <laughs> we'll see everybody next time for episode 288. And to close out the show... We will be saying goodbye to Alan Rickman with by playing a scene, one of his final scenes from Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Goodbye, everybody. If you truly loved her... No one can know. But I should never reveal the best of you, sir. Your word. When you risk your life every day to protect the boy. He possesses no measurable talent. His arrogance rivals even that of his father, and he seems to relish his fame. Don't say a word against my father. James Potter. Lazy. Arrogant. My father was a great man. Your father was a swine. Drink the rest. It will contain the curse to your hand for the time being. Will spread, Albus. How long? Maybe a year. Don't ignore me, Severus. We both know Lord Voldemort has ordered the Malfoy boy to murder me. But should he fail, and should presume the Dark Lord will turn to you, you must be the one to kill me, Severus. It is the only way. Only then will the Dark Lord trust you completely. There will come a time when Harry Potter must be told something. But you must wait until Voldemort is at his most vulnerable. Must be told what? On the night Lord Voldemort went to Godric's Hollow to kill Harry, and Lily Potter cast herself between them, the curse rebounded. When that happened, a part of Voldemort's soul latched itself onto the only living thing it could find, Harry himself. 
Well, there's a reason Harry can speak with snakes. There's a reason he can look into Lord Voldemort's mind. A part of Voldemort lives inside him. So when the time comes, the boy must die. Yes. Yes. He must die. You've been raising him like a pig for slaughter. Don't tell me now that you've grown to care for the boy. Always. 